Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Happy Thanksgiving, citizens. This is New Amsterdam Radio. Bubble Voice, the mayor in the mayor's office hanging out. As I am recording this, I understand this is a day where everyone will get their turkey and or meat and vegetables on. I'm not sure how you celebrate, whether you're gluten-free or vegan or don't celebrate at all. Uh, for me, it's regular Thursday. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, I wish I had a noble reason if that's the case. It's just, I just never saw the point of overeating where I can do that on Super Bowl Sunday or Independence Day or basically any day I want to quit my diet, quite <laughs> honestly. But because of that, we have fresh content for you as we do every Thursday on the show for the City for Creatives. EC Bond is a good friend of mine. Just realized when I was chatting with them that we've been friends for about a decade, which is crazy. It's true what they say. The older you get, time just speeds the heck up. EC Bond has done a lot in the audio drama world, but it's gaming where I really wanted him to expound on what that means to him and to other creatives out there. It takes a lot to make a game, a lot to play a game, but EC is doing both. So please, Enjoy this episode with EC Bond. Before I get to the talk, though, I gotta say thank you so much for checking out this podcast and the other podcasts in the new Amsterdam Radio Network. We just bid farewell to our sister show, What's Up Flobo After Hours. That show is also available wherever you get your podcasts. But at New Amsterdam on that Instagram, um, at new underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. Without any further ado, my chat with EC Bond. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It's I, Flobo Boyce, the mayor in the mayor's office. And this guy was on my previous show, no one even heard of, called 26 Stone. It was the most downloaded episode of all time, but I have him here today on New Amsterdam Radio. Give it up for EC Bond. How's it going, good sir? Yeah, what's going on, Flobo? Thanks for having me again. How are you? I, I, I can't complain, man. I was just talking about this before we went live. I mean, you're looking pretty sharp. Where's a tie? Looking oh, all dapper. You. Thank you. Yeah, what? I like I like to dress up for you, man. I, yo, I appreciate that, man. You know, it hit me uh, the other day that we've been actually uh, friends for almost 10 years and without any shadow of irony. Like, it, it's been that long, man. It like, has it's crazy. been that long. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I rolled up on my motorcycle and uh, <laughs> had a soccer game. And that's really all it took to into yeah. your heart. Just, uh, yeah. just a guy on a bike. I got my license and you were like, I don't ride no more. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> After all those times and years, man. That's true. It's exactly how that happened. It was like, oh, cool. I don't ride a bike anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, got this, I got this endorsement going nowhere. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> but are you still, do you still ride? You're not, you're not doing that. No, I mean, I want to. I mean, the door's not closed. So before COVID, like, I had a, a really bad day job. For those who listened to the show before, I sold hand sanitizer door to door. Uh, didn't pay well, obviously. Uh, this was post Ebola, pre COVID. So, don't really yeah. was about that life yet. Uh, yeah. So, I didn't have the disposable income. And so, then the pandemic hit and I was kind of inside. But I want to get back because I came across my helmet the other day. And I'm like, oh, I remember you and you still yeah. fit because I think my head would be fatter for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I want to go back out there and ride for a bit. Sure. Yeah, every time I see a motorcycle on the street, it, it kind of brings back those feelings of, of just riding. But it's different. You know, when you get older, you kind of have to think about, uh, like, you can't be on a bike scared. You know, you yeah. got to be nervous. You got to be loose. You got to be ready to react. And once you start tensing up, 
you know, kind of be like, hey, maybe this, maybe not anymore. It's a young man's sport, man. Sometimes you just got to put it down. <laughs> Sorry, grandpa's on in motorcycle clubs. Bonda said it's a young man's sport. Uh, not to put a cheap plug here. Uh, it, graduation day, my new book out available on Amazon. I go through a chapter about the first time I rode a motorcycle where I endowed over it and pretty much landed on my back. And I wasn't wearing a helmet, so that was pretty dumb. Making sure I don't do that in real life again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Look, man, uh, last time you were on the podcast space, the show was called 26 Stone, uh, and we talked about uh, you writing uh, audio dramas, which seems like a, a, a world ago. But I just want to ask you a question. As a former slash current hiatus drama writer, producer, creator, seeing that kind of genre like spring up around you, what's been your thing? Are you thinking about jumping back into it? You're kind of like, I was there first. What's been your, your mind going through? No, not at all. I mean, I could say, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel about plugging other people's audio dramas, but do it. Um, oh, yeah. Like, so, you know, when we were doing our thing, it was just kind of starting out this idea of audio theater, this idea of, of theater of the mind. Um, and it was global. And, you know, I met people in, in Scotland that were making audio dramas. I helped them on theirs. They came on mine. Um, I mean, there was yeah. one guy in L.A. named Casey Whalen, and he was doing a, a, an audio uh, fiction uh, called We're Alive. And it was about zombies in Los Angeles and the survivors trying to deal with the zombie apocalypse. It got really creative. It wasn't what you expected from a zombie um, story. It was it was visceral. And there were there were changes in character development. It was really good. and It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And this guy brought all brought us together like he actually brought us to his studio showed us how we did it and once i saw this guy set up i was like wow all right i either need to hook up with this guy or just stop everything together <laughs> he, he now he's like teaching i think he's teaching a class at chapman university I believe, yeah that's where i met him that's what i met him he was always a he was always a ta at chapman for as long as i known him and yeah. this is like his, his, his late night project like yeah we don't have time i think oh we're live have you heard of it i was like no <laughs> then it became the biggest thing ever. <laughs> so good. It's oh, it's so good. I mean, and yeah. he gave it, he, oh, so good. Um, and really, like when when you hear things like that, and you hear what people are doing, and you see how they're making their content. Like you actually go in there and look at it. it it's it's almost like okay, that's really good. I want to step up. I want to be a part of that. I want to do that as well. Um, and then I didn't. <laughs> I just yeah. you know, I dropped off of it. And uh, and seeing it now, I'm just glad that. Um, audio, you know, the, the, there's still a, there's still a market for that. You know, I occasionally will listen to podcasts, not as much anymore. Um, HBO max killed it for me. Cause now I just, all I do is watch HBO, <laughs> but, um, you know, you had a lot of the, uh, the catch a killer podcast that have been going the last house on the left, I think is one of those that I yeah. was into that's blowing up. And the fact that that space is still there and it's still producing content, people are still into it. It's great. It's cool. It's very cool. I'm by no means a founder of that at all, but right. to, to be like, Hey, I tried my hand. I liked what we did. I liked what we put out there. And the fact that I wasn't wrong, it is a medium that can explore stories. You can develop some characters and, and, uh, and it's still going strong and that's great. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. 
you know, a couple of months ago, a friend hit me up uh, through the, the remember me wire through text, you know, and I get kind of nervous. I'm like, I mean, I hope this person's not like trying to sell me some MLM, you know, special cream or something. Uh, and uh, he, my friend John was like, look, I have these guys that want to put uh, a little bit of their new board slash card game out there. Do you do anyone? Do you know anyone that does anyone in the gaming space? And I go, I do. EC Bond, one of the co-founders, if not the founder of the Gamery. What is that? And how did you fall into that? The Gamery is a board game channel for live play, uh, live streaming play of board games. Um, during the pandemic, uh, it was me and my ex-girlfriend. Well, now she's my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time. And we would play board games and do a little teach and walk through and then show you just like how the game works and then play it and basically have fun. It was trying to capture those moments of board gaming that, like four or five people really share and becomes immersive and we're telling a story together and we wanted to share that and capture that with everybody else. Um, the game is still going, uh, since the pandemic kind of slowed down a bit. Um, and I've been trying to bring other people into the show, uh, to keep it going, but it's still there. It's still, uh, something I love to do. Uh, you know, the, I, I, I have a passion about playing board games. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely something there around the table. You can't hide, you know, in an, an era of today where you have a lot of social media and you have a lot of people on the computers to be at a table looking at something, you know, and everyone's into it and everyone's kind of like getting uh, uh, something from that. You learn about them. You learn how they think. You learn how they respond to things. Uh, body language is also very key. And you can't do that online and, and, it's still something I love to do. I play probably three or four times a week um, mm -hmm. with people. And you really, you build friendships. You build an understanding with someone and a trust. And and it's strange to think about because it it's just a board game and something we did as, you know, kids with our family. But uh, as a hobby, it's absolutely exploded. And there's so much out there to explore. And new games are coming uh, around all the time uh, to the hobby. It was one of those things where, you know, when we started like hanging out more, you want to get to know your friends a little more. It was a world as a, a thing I was aware of because there's a board gaming section and things, but I didn't understand how deep the rabbit hole goes. I mean, there's like actual slash bar pub gaming spaces and back rooms and like, like it's a whole different subculture there. And I, I had to, I felt like I was in CSI where you have to like learn the subculture of the villain of the week before you know what's going on. But it was, yeah. it was pretty, it was pretty cool that I knew someone like I me walk through that side of the thing now the gamery sure. does that as well because you actually demonstrate the games you walk us through it you teach us things and you can actually answer questions in the live chat while that's happening oh yeah uh, absolutely yeah yeah it's it's about the interact like that it's about interacting with the audience putting on a good show uh and then letting them ask a question about things and also getting corrected when we're doing something wrong which is very common in board games yeah. You know, you're you're reading the, the manual and sometimes you might just misread something and someone will point that out to you and then you'll be like, oh, well, we've been doing that wrong this entire time. Yeah. Yeah, Uno, when someone does a skip and does a reverse, they both count. I don't know this whole rule. Only one of them counts. Don't get me started. Yeah. Uh, well, the only board game I can remember me getting really into besides kid games, like besides like Sorry and Parcheesi, was Bottom yeah. of the Ninth. 
Uh, during the pandemic, it was a game you could play solo. Uh, it had cool pieces, old school, turn of century baseball thing. Uh, I want to yeah. ask you a question about, about that, about theming. I felt like as a kid, there were certain kind of colors, and that was kind of it. But now a lot of these games have like full-on aesthetics. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's tactile. I I, mean, I don't know if I don't know if that's the right word, but the the it, yeah, it's it's tactile. Like you like you you buy a new board game, um, and some of these companies put so much effort into just the presentation out of the box with the pieces, the way the pieces are stored in the box, the way you open the box and open it up and, and pull it out on the table. Like it's a, I I I kind of liken I, I kind I compare the experience to reading a book almost. You know, mm-hmm. where you're kind of opening the pages and and you're discovering things and you're laying it out and then you're trying to put pieces together. And a lot of games these days, it's not just the core game. It's not just what you would buy and play. Like, if example, I, I hate to use this example, but um, <laughs> if you play Monopoly, right? Like every, yeah. everyone's played yeah. Monopoly. Yeah. Um, and there are certain <laughs> rules in Monopoly and everyone has different things. Why do you, now, why do you hate Monopoly? <laughs> Why do I hate Monopoly? Yeah, Monopoly ends friendships. That's why I'm not, That's why I hate Monopoly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, <laughs> I mean, on what? It's been around for a million years, right? Like, yeah. what? What am I getting? Like, is someone gonna like Parker Brothers? Please don't sue me. Fine, <laughs> you've made your money on Monopoly. I'm just gonna talk smack about it right now. It's a terrible game. And but imagine playing that game, and then you add another layer to it, right? You don't have to play with it that way, but you can add a layer to it where. You know, instead of mortgaging properties, you're putting on the market to be sold in a, 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 you know, an environment that the prices change based on the number of players or based on certain things going in there. So it's like a side game, right? It's like a side little puzzle that you're doing. Right. And it just enhances the experience. A lot of board games now do that. They they do expansions. So you're buying one game and when you get bored of that, for lack of a better word, you play through that scenario, you play through that game, you're like, Okay, well, that's it. I'm done. Oh, no. But wait, there's more. Yeah. And there's just so much more to explore with just that game out of the box. And these guys that are making the games, the designers are taking a lot of effort to just create a product um, that's, that is immersive. And it can give you just a ton of content, ton of stuff to play with. It's really good. Yeah, it's interesting to me because the first time I had a game that could have been uh, different computations based on what you decide to play was Betrayal on Haunted Hill. And I, yes. we, played, we played one where I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it was like, no, this is a whole different game. But it's yeah. still vampires. It's still that thing. I thought it was pretty awesome. And Monopoly is fine, man. Monopoly Junior is superior in many ways, but Monopoly is fine. It's based in New Jersey. That's why it's not that great. But uh, Hasbro, please don't cancel me. I need that advertiser money. It's a great game. I love it. I, I play it all the time. I play Monopoly all the time. It's great. <laughs> Wait, okay. What's what's a, what's a more most fun sarcastically or least fun actually? Monopoly or Flux? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the totally hardcore. No, because I know you love flux, bro. It's the best. I don't like flux at all. Um, <laughs> I'm a snob, bro. Like you're talking uh, Merlots, and I'm drinking Pinot Noirs. Like this is what I'm, I mean. It's, you know, it's it's true. It's like a flux is a you know a card game that's it, it's designed to be chaotic. It's designed to just be a good time. Um, and sure, that has its place. You know, like I'm not going to say that two in the morning. You know that I won't play a game of flux if everyone's into it, but it's not the game I go seek out because it's kind of like a, you know, just a beer and pretzels game that you play with friends and it's like, whatever. That actually raises a point. I know uh, for me, I'm, 
I don't like board games because I grew up by myself. I was a lot by myself. Whatever game it is, I don't know how to play. And I feel once you teach me how to play, the party's already over, right? But I really like, now there's certain games I kind of got into pop culture, like Cards Against Humanity. That's something that everyone knows how to play. I don't pretty much get it because you just say, that was the funniest joke you win. But what about that? What about some games that start off pretty much on in the back shelf, making its way into the mainstream, making its way to crossover? There are a few games. I mean, Cards Against Humanity is one of those. Catan, Sellers of Catan is probably the most well-known back, you know, backroom game that made it into the mainstream. Ticket to Ride is another one. Ah, I play that one. The European yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, and uh um those puzzly games kind of they come and go, um, but they'll reskin them with like a Marvel theme or you know what I mean, a, a Disney theme, and then it's a whole new game for you know a whole new uh, audience. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are taking it one step further. You're actually creating your own game, and of course, don't tell me everything that has it been copyrighted yet. But what can you share about it? What's it about? Oh, I can tell you everything about this game because. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's going to try to steal this. Hell, if I can sell this game, I'd be, I, I already win, I'll tell you. So, the game, 5%. <laughs> yeah, this is actually going to take us down some roads, and I think you're going to like it because the last okay. time we did something like this, we went down some, uh, some, some roads, right? Okay. All right. Um, Come on. The Come game on. is called Hustlers. You play a street level drug dealer uh, competing to, for territory uh, and users to sell to. Um, it's an area control economic game because the price of the product you're selling changes depending on the number of users demanding that product, right. uh, as well as your access to them. Um, the I, I, when does it take place? Is it uh, real drugs? Is it fake drugs? When does it take place? What's it the... takes place in? Uh, well, I, I in my mind, it takes place in uh, 1980s urban America. Okay, so crack. Yeah. Huh? So crack's a product. Crack would be the product, but again, the idea of the product is I it's a generic, right? It's just yeah. product, right? Because the way that this is so this let me start here because I don't want to go too I don't I don't want to go too deep into things that I don't know a lot about. I never sold drugs, I've never I've never sold drugs, so I don't know a lot about the way that market works. Yeah, but it's supply and demand. I understand that. Yeah, supply, supply and demand. demand. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this is where it came from. I was thinking of a game. Uh, of creating a game based on the stock market because I've always been interested in economics and the way that prices fluctuate with supply and demand. Um, and when you get into that world, you like the inner like to turn that into a board game or something interactive. I it was just boring. Like it, it was just a, a boring way of doing things. Um, and then I read this book, uh, Freakonomics, uh, a popular oh. book. It's yeah, it's it's got a podcast now. I think by the creator. Um, but the first. Freakonomics book, I think there's multiple of them, but the first one, one of the chapters was about an economics student who was studying the habits or studying uh, a, a Chicago street gang and the selling of drugs. And the reality of it that he kind of exposed, for lack of a better word, was like the street dealers are not making that much money. They're basically almost making minimum wage. It's the distributors who bring in the money that make up the lion's share of it. But that fluctuates, right? Because you don't have uh, the stability of a legal market, right? You're kind yeah. of at the mercy of a chaotic, you know, the streets. Uh, and 
And that as an idea of a board game, I found very interesting because it's not necessarily about making money. It's more about survival. Like you don't take that job because you think, oh my God, I'm going to be rich one day. You take that job because you don't really have a lot of other options, right? And most people who enter the drug game, and again, I'm, you know, I, this is just from casual reading. I'm not an expert at all in this, but sure. most people that enter the drug game usually start at a very, very young age, like 12, 13 years old, right? It's organized crime. It's an illegal market. That's generally where it starts in your neighborhood. Um, and you just don't have a lot of other options and that's what you do to survive. But as it develops, um, there is just an aspect that's really interesting to explore. And me as a gamer, I was just sick and tired of playing games that were kind of glossed over to be more appealing, right? Like I could, I could do a game, this game, Hustlers, I could do this game, which is, I said it, 1980s urban America, you're selling drugs on the street. You can do that same thing and just make it the mafia, right? Right, right. You can right. make it the godfather. And no one would bat an eye. But it's the exact same thing. It's an illegal organization. It's criminal activity. Um, so I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to try to change this up so that it appeals to more people. I think there's a game there. There's a story there that is important. It's an American story. These are, you know, it's about poverty. It's about survival. Yeah. Uh, it's not about being, you know, I, I don't like, I, I like rap music. I think we talked about Kanye West last night on here and, and and hip hop, I like that, of course, but it comes from a it comes from a place where you have nothing, and you're trying to survive, and that's kind of the appeal. It's the blues, right? Rap music and the blues. They come from the same kind of place of like you're struggling to get to just to live, and yeah. this is the passion that moves you. And drugs is a source of income in those areas. Um, so that's what kind of motivated me and i hope i didn't lose your audience by going there because oh, it totally know. makes sense i mean you have like the the, the standards uh, uh supply and demand versus individual achievement and then there's those sweeping i would say days machina things like you know weather changes or the authorities or things like yeah. that as well so yeah. that's pretty cool how long has this game been in development uh two years i think yeah yeah, yeah and i by january i hope to have it up on a tabletop simulator i've already started that process to get it up there so you could play it online um as you would um i mean uh, as far as like there is an aspect of it that's called heat where you have to worry about the authorities arresting you uh, and heat is conversely related to the stress that you play that you feel as a player so if you feel too much stress and the heat's you know down here then you can't act you can't do anything um right. also you don't gain victory points by earning money it's uh, it's split between acts of kindness and acts of you know evil, for lack of a better word. You know, there's moments where you have to like donate money to the local charity, and that's how right. you get points. Other times, you have to attack other players in order to get points. Um, I wanted to be that kind of fluid. Um, you know, sometimes you got to do really bad things to survive, and sometimes yeah. if you have the opportunity. You got to do very good things. Um, so yeah, it's uh, but it is in development. I'm hoping January 2022, I'll have it up on Tabletop Simulator, uh, and I'll spread it around and uh, just see how it's received. But you know, it is uh, it's not lost on me that this is a theme that is gonna probably not be widely accepted by most I, people. 
if it's not widely accepted, then why do it, right? No one wants to create things that appeal to everyone at the same time. Um, yeah. But the question I have is for a lot of creatives. I don't think that's the wrong way. Uh, you have an idea. It's a fresh idea. You want to see it through. But, I mean, it's not lost on you that there's many different games and many different options for people. What motivates you to keep on going? So I've been like, ah, forget it. Well, I don't. I, it, what keeps me going is the idea itself is moves me, right? I this it's something that I think should be created. It's something I can create, um, and that's all the motivation that I need, right? Um, I mean, that's what creative people do. They create. A writer is right. write. You know, musicians perform. You know, they that's if you wrote a song thinking how many people are going to like it, you know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe at a certain point in your career, if you're making enough money, you can go there. But for the most part, everyone who's making music at a certain point in their life, they're just making it because they like the song. They like what is coming out and they want to explore that more. They want to delve into that more. And that's what this is. You know, it's a book. I'm writing a book. It's just a board game. Right. Um, and there are elements there I want to explore for sure. Yeah. Wow. Elements. Uh, no, I'm actually excited to hear this because I know uh, – not saying I've I've sold, but I I know how um, I've seen friends of friends that did it very well, or I've seen the economics of it. I've seen how it can create whole new gangs, and that's something I bet those are mechanics for play there too. And then the people who can maybe up in arms and clutching pearls, it's kind of a it happens. It's not like you made it up, <laughs> you know. It's, it's actually an aspect of things. So I hope yeah. that goes well. So I uh, got to ask you now, what are you, what are you playing? I mean, you were talking to us before we're going live. You said you're playing a game called Rivals. Tell me about that one. Okay. Now, yes, I can tell, I can tell you all about Rivals. Yeah. Um, when I was a teenager, a role-playing game came out called Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It completely changed my life. Um, I don't think I, I didn't read as much as I did after I got into that game. I consumed every book I could find, every every piece of media I can find. It just spoke to me in so much. And the idea is you're a vampire, you are a human, you create into a vampire. Uh, there are different clans that you get born into and you have this thirst for hunger, you know, very typical. But it really gave a lot of detail to the idea of your humanity, right? Like what would you do to survive? If right. you had to kill someone to survive, would you do it? Right. Like, what would you hold on to? Like, when would you stop being human? When would you just be a monster, right? A lot of elements like that. Now, you fast forward to now. Um, uh, it's uh, Magic the Gathering is a, a card game that I'm sure most uh, people have heard of. Uh, it's a collectible card game. You usually play it two-player, one versus another. Uh, there are different versions where you can play multiplayer. But generally speaking, that's what Magic was designed. The same person who designed Magic the Gathering in the 90s developed another card game called Vampire the Eternal Struggle that is based on this IP of the Masquerade. Um, okay. This game, very similar to in the way it's played um, as a collectible card game to Magic, this is was Vampire the Eternal Struggle, except it was multiplayer. You can mm. play with up to five people. And there were politics involved, um, which made it stand out from uh, the Magic the Gathering game, which was just a duel between people. Uh, this other game, Vampire the Eternal Struggle, was going strong for a long time, and then it kind of died out. It is now having a resurgence, and that original game inspired this game, Rivals, which took a lot of those rules, 
streamlined it, made it a little bit more of a board game, you know, made it a little bit more of a random things that you have to deal with, um, but kept the same IP. It's still the Vampire Masquerade, so the clans, um, and each clan works a little differently. They, they have different powers. And the game is now in its second expansion, uh, and they've got more lined up coming. Um, and they've got this great Discord channel with the designer and the company where you can just ask questions, which in any collectible card game, any player will tell you, having access to you know, real-time rulings on cards makes all the difference in the world. If anyone's out there and they want to make a card game like this, a competitive card game, you have like the, the ability to ask someone, hey, what do I do when this happens? What yeah. happens if I attack this guy in the street? And I do three damage and he only has two, but he has, you know what I mean? Like, what do I do? And to have someone answer you in real time. Oh, invaluable. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> invaluable. Yeah. So that's where we are now. And it's a game I'm playing. I got a couple of friends where we, we do have a Discord channel. Uh, the, what do they call it? The LA, yeah, the Los Angeles Rivals players. Um, and uh, you can find us on Discord. You can find us on Facebook. Um, and we basically just organize plays around the area in different in different shops that are supporting it. We have a tournament actually coming up on Saturday in Pasadena, Gameology. Um, What's the name of your group? Is the Los Angeles LA Rivals players? Uh, the sorry, Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Rivals. The Los Angeles Rivals group. Let me actually just. All right, cool. We're gonna put that in yeah, LA Rival player. LA Rivals. Yeah. We're gonna put that in the uh, show notes for those who are interested. I will. Yeah, I'll let you know. But it's a great game. If anyone, if you're into like Magic the Gathering and you're looking for something that's multiplayer, or if you're into the world of darkness or you like vampires, you like that dark, gothy stuff, and you want to play some card games, Vampire Rivals. It's by Renegade Games. I can't recommend it enough. I'm playing it all the time. It's a great game. If I'm somebody that wants to create a game, I have an idea. I just want to put my name on it, like the George Foreman Grill. Can I do that? Is there a way I can hook up somebody and say, hey, man, put Flobito Presents on something to get the market? Sure. sure. Yeah, I thought about the game that I'm designing, Hustlers. I thought about contacting, uh, you know, uh, NWA, Ice Cube, John Singleton to get the idea. Like, just call it Boys in the Hood. You know, just put that skin over it and you kind of retool it. That happens quite a bit, actually. Um Jurassic Park, the game, was another probably. I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming because you can tell the way it's played that someone had come up with an idea for a game and then someone's like, hey, do you want this idea or do you want to kind of like sponsor it? We put your things on it and now, boom, you have a game and then you have uh, a recognizable license that people will be like, oh, cool. I like that idea, right? Sometimes it goes the other way. Um in in that note, like um, I mean, I, I don't know quite if this answers your question, uh, but Target right now has been booming with board games, and they they have board games on their shelves that you would think like, oh, what's this? It's probably crappy. No, they got very good games on that shelf at Target. Um, yeah, Jaws is based on the movie. Great little board game you can try. Uh, Villainous is based on like Disney princesses or Disney villains, I think actually. That um, makes sense. Great little game. Um, yeah, these are all available at Target. And you can just, you know, pick them up and try them out. They're really good games. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's not uncommon that, you know, you just find a game that's already in play and you're like, hey, I'm Flobo. <laughs> if you put my name on your game, it'll sell. 
Yeah, not true, but imagine. <laughs> How much you got to pay? <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of it's on my bucket list, like to have a board game made, but I can never think of an idea that's fun. So I, I'm, I'm going to just give up and be like, hey, man, I'll just put my face on what you got. And then I can I'll, be like, the, the yeah. thing. <laughs> I'll figure something out. I'll design a game for you. What's a good game for Flobo? Let me think. I'll get, I'll get back to you. Oh, man, you heard it here first. I'm getting the game, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I'll, get you, I'll get you a game. I'll get you a game. As we roll into Thanksgiving and the holidays, do you have any holiday plans, man, individually? Or personally, excuse me? Are you, are you sure. gaming yeah, tournaments and hanging out? Yeah, I'm going to be cooking uh, for the first time. I'm actually going to be cooking Thanksgiving dinner, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Um, Am I finally I some coquito? Because I didn't get it in years, bro. Like, I feel like you were you hit true. me up and you stopped. What's true. Up? Hey, you're invited. You know, I'm cooking it for my dad. You know he wants to see you. He likes you more than he likes me. I mean, that's a very low bar to clear, but I thank you so much. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> now, I'll come through, man. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> It'll be great to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to make um, benir. It's Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's Puerto Rican shredded pork, essentially. Um, yeah, I think my dad wants chicken marsala because I've been making that a lot and he he really likes it. I put it over like whole wheat pasta. Um, and usually serve it with mashed potatoes, but he he doesn't like mashed potatoes. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time I've cooked for him for uh, Thanksgiving, so you know, um, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah. Well, I want two bottles. Let's let you know that's gonna happen. You want two bottles of cookie? Yeah, I want I want two bottles and I want a whole plate of Bernil, baby. That's what <laughs> New York City, three thousand miles away. Let's look and get some. <laughs> there you go. That's great. That's great. <laughs> oh, so, I, you can also cut this out if you like, but Kellyanne wanted me to say hi. Oh no, I can't. Kellyanne's a homie. What's up? Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking and she was like, You're gonna see Flobo? Yeah, tell him I said hey. I was like, Yeah. Yes, oh, that's Flobo. cool, man. Yeah, totally. See, this is all about. It's all about connecting with people. So I'm definitely yeah. putting it in there because it underscores my whole point in the show. Uh, <laughs> but easy fun. 2020, 22, round the corner, man. What's the roadmap? Are you getting the game to market? Are you trying new things? Are you trying a new sport? Are you relaxing more? What's going on for you? That's a, you know, I, I, I've, I, I can't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start working out a little bit more. I can tell you that. Um, I've been, I mean, I've been working. I started like. So, okay, let's go here. Let's go here, right? Let's, let's go. go let's go. Let's go. Last time this year, actually exactly a year ago, um, I caught COVID uh, mm -hmm. right towards the end of, of 2020. And once I got over that, I was fine. I stayed home. I didn't go to the hospital. You know, I was pretty sick, but, um, you know, I survived and it wasn't that bad. Um, I, you know, wanted to get, I, I had to get back in shape, you know, that lethargy from being that sick and it, it hit me like really hard. Um, and I was down for like a good week and then like a, two or three weeks of just like, okay, you know, not a hundred percent. So then after that, I, I started working out a little bit more and then I started riding a bike um, along the beach over like Hermosa Manhattan beach. Uh, and I'm loving doing that, loving being out in the sun. So if you ever see some Puerto Rican dude, you know, listening to music really loud, and uh, and riding this bike—that's probably me. And, uh, Is that your dating profile? Like, what do you want? Me to do? <laughs> no, no, don't talk. No, I'm not doing that to date. That's for me. Okay, I'm, okay, yeah, that's, that's awesome. for me. I'm not trying to go there and meet girls. The girls are going to slow me down. Like, <laughs> I'm listening to Frank bike. Sinatra. I'm listening to some Latin jazz. Like, I'm yeah. in my zone. And you can ride with me, but I don't want to sit here and you know, I'm not trying to date you right now. I'm trying to relax. Enjoy the California. <laughs> you are the classiest dude ever. I'm listening to Sinatra on the beach, okay? 
I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah, be that guy, man. Why not be that guy? Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I said, like last time you're on the show, thank you so much for being here. I know you're a busy guy. Making it happen. An inspiration. And I really mean that with a, a hint of irony or sarcasm because you found something you love and you made it work for you in multiple ways. And that's something that we all try to strive for, but you're doing it, baby. So respect. Thank you. You're, you are an inspiration to me as well. I value your friendship. I value you as a person. Oh, you know, I, every time we talk, it's, it's always interesting. It's always motivating me to do more. You know, we, you know, we, we, when we talk, yeah, we have some deep conversations and I honestly truly value this friendship and thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh man. Thanks man. But it, you make me cry. If someone, someone wanted to follow you online, man, connect with you, you know, uh, see what next time you're going to be at the beach with your Latin jazz, uh, how they go about doing that. Uh, EC Bond on Facebook. Uh, I also have a same name on TikTok and Instagram, so you can find me on there. Whew, I love it. Uh, and lastly, do you have like a motto you live by, like a little bit of a, you know, axiom, motivation? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cliche, but whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Deep. Or. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs>